Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hill, author, natural health expert, producer, and my boss. This is not take two. We're good at this, so we don't need to do it a second time. This is our first time attempting this show. Mm -hmm. That's all you need to know. Uh Uh-huh. And we also have with us today our little friend, Will Schmidt, hottie patati, trainer to the stars. How's Will doing? Good. Good. He's good. Please listen to our previous take when we talked about his haircut. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yes, he has a sassy new short do. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all the rave in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So today our topic is: Have you had your gallbladder yanked? And if you have, just say yes. Raise yeah. your hand, and we'll yep. know. Um, and just so you know, uh, today all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from Audible.com. Just go to Kick It in the Nuts forward slash audiobook for all the details. And I think that by the time this show comes out. You can get Kick Your Fat in the Nuts audiobook. So you can exciting. get our book for free, and that makes you fancy. Really Sweet. cool. Yeah, so go go to that link. I and mean, it, I had to read that stuff like a bunch of times, and I could have just waited for Right, the you could have waited for somebody to read it Aww. to you. I know. Aww. That's very upsetting. So uh, if you go to the link, uh, the slash audiobook, um, we'll have an update there if it's available. We The book's done, and it just takes a couple weeks for audible to get it up and out and available but so hurry um, up audible yeah hop it up so if you haven't followed us on facebook then you're missing out you hurt my feelings mm-hmm. by kick, not following he, us. he's crying right, right now uh kick it go to kick it in the nuts and we're going to post topics there that we'll be doing on future shows and you guys can post any questions you want us to cover in that show and we'll try to oblige you and if you've missed any of the other previous shows you can you know check those out on stitcher or itunes and right Catch you just hit subscribe and you mm-hmm. get them all for free and then yeah, you're somebody. Yeah, there's like 42 of them. You could spend a whole Saturday right. just watching them. Right, it took us a whole... watching them, listening to them. It took us a whole Saturday to record mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then some. Yeah. So, okay, what's the big deal about a gallbladder? Why do we really need it? What's the hoopla? So, we talk a lot about digestion. I don't know if you heard that part before. Oh, no. We mention it. Here we mention it from here there. Almost as much as sugar. Mm-hmm. And uh, a gallbladder is a big part of how digestion functions, but... A lot of people have had theirs yanked out, so a lot of our book readers are people that are looking for help to figure out how do I make these symptoms better, how do I make digestion better without my gallbladder. And I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. Right. So people will have a lot of questions about why did I have to get it yanked out, what do I do now that it's yanked out, what can I do to keep mine from getting yanked out, so that's just... We kind of have a lot of questions, so we'll probably just jump right into them, but that's the kind of topics that we're going to cover. So if you've already had yours yanked, we'll talk about some steps that you can make. We'll talk about why the you're having the symptoms that you're having, stuff like that. Do you have anything that you want to be excited about, Will? 
Um, yeah, I like gallbladders. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you can have the option, not that I'm giving medical advice, but if it were up to me, I would try to keep it. Yeah, it's it's worth it's keeping. A good thing. It's worth yeah. having around. We should start a Facebook page, Save the Gallbladder. Save the Gallbladder. Mm-hmm. We'll have everybody make little videos of dumping bile on their head. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Nice. All right, so I guess we'll just dive right in. And today I'm reading off a laptop, people, because we have a we're problem adv- with the printer. So give me a little slack here. Maybe it's because we're advanced and we can use technology yeah. now instead of paper. I know. We're saving a tree. We're doing our part. All right, Angel from Waukegan, Illinois. What the F to do? And this seems to be a common question that we get about. I ask myself that every day. <laughs> yeah. So people get a little frustrated uh, that they're dealing with all these symptoms when uh, having their gallbladder removed was supposed to improve those symptoms. So we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about why that happens as we go through these questions. Dennis from Des Moines, Iowa. Why have I had soft stool several times a day since my removal in 2010? Well, since we've started doing this show, 42 episodes now, we have promised Kenna that we would talk less about her diarrhea. Mm. So maybe we should have Will talk more about this so, so that we don't... A hypothetical Kenna? Yeah, yeah, maybe a hypothetical <laughs> Kenna. But we don't want to talk a lot about how Kenna used to have diarrhea after yeah. diarrhea. Why would we go diarrhea? on and on about that? About how many diarrhea years she went through that. swing, better swing. So... Well, maybe you can talk a little bit about um, the gallbladder's role and and why someone could get a lot of diarrhea without one. Yeah. So one of the main things as far as the digestive aspect of how the gallbladder helps is it stores and concentrates bile for when the food sludge that leaves the stomach, which is called the chyme, technical medical term, like Ooh, that food, la, la. right, leaves the stomach and enters the start of the small intestine, the duodenum, that's when the gallbladder should squirt bile onto that acidic food. So ideally, it's acidic. And why would a gallbladder squirt bile on that acidic food, Will? A couple reasons. One, it neutralizes the acidity of the of the HCl, the stomach acid, and all that food sludge carrying it, so that it can move, so that it won't burn the intestines. So it'll move at an appropriate rate, or it won't fry all the flora and kill your your gut flora and damage the intestinal lining. So you can absorb a lot of nutrients through it, and it also helps emulsify the fats. It's it's a soap slash salt, and it breaks down the fats into usable lipids. But when we look at this question that Dennis had about soft stool and how that relates to this aspect, we want to maybe focus a little bit on the pH balancing aspect of how bile neutralizes the acidity from the stomach acid and then allows the stool to move through the intestines at a normal healthy rate and have a greater solidity and consistency. Right, Will. That was a good explanation. So so what we look at is that uh, this HCL that's made in the stomach is made to to break down protein. Well, well, guess what your intestinal tract is made of? Protein. 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 So if this uh, stomach acid is leaving the stomach and it's not getting neutralized by the bile squirted out of the gallbladder, then it continues to move through your intestinal tract as an acid that's meant to break down protein. So it's, it, it would break down your intestinal lining, basically. So the body will say, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like you to break me apart like that. So it will move that acidic substance through the intestinal tract very quickly. It'll usher more water to the, the bowels to kind of help cool it off and to move it out faster. And all of a sudden, you're 
spraying butt soup out the back door and you don't like that. So this is probably the most common symptom with someone who has lost their gallbladder because uh, without storing the bile and concentrating it to make it more effective in the gallbladder, um, people usually don't have enough bile to neutralize that amount of acid and so it ends up the stool is loose. Um, we're going to talk about some ways that a person could get constipated without a gallbladder too, but this is the most common response. All right. Janie from Danville, California. Yes, looking forward to this issue. Any tips on nausea without a gallbladder would be great. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times when someone has had their gallbladder removed is because the bile became stagnant. It was too thick and sticky and it could have formed stones from, you know, the gallbladder concentrating that bile. And if it's not flowing, but it's continuing to concentrate, it will eventually turn to stones. And that's kind of how that can happen. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of times it's just backed up to where it's not flowing, even through the, the biliary pathway. So if someone has their gallbladder removed, they may have removed the thing that was causing those painful attacks, but the bile is still not flowing. And do you want to talk about nausea and like liver function and how bile flows into that? Yeah. So, well, there's a couple ways that nausea can fit into that. One is like your if your bile is crystallizing and not being excreted, there's a lot of toxic retention because your body is trying to send out a lot of waste and neutralize toxins through the colon, through the bile. And so if it's not flowing well, that's going to get recirculated into the bloodstream and make you feel like crap. Right. Also, you're not breaking down fats when you eat them without good bile flow. And those fats will then occurring to your body as something that induces nausea and, and uh, diarrhea and that's not fun either. Right. So if, if the body's main pathway to remove toxins from the body is through the bile, but the bile is not flowing well, then you're going to be nauseous because basically your body is, is just toxic. Mm -hmm. All that junk can't move out. So we see a lot of people that they've had their gallbladder removed, but that doesn't mean that they've taken steps to thin the bile and to get it flowing through that biliary pathway. So... Even if you don't have a gallbladder to store the bile so that it can be used for proper digestion, you still want the, the biliary pathway to flow so that toxins from the liver can still exit the body. And they'll, they can still exit the body if the bile is flowing. It just kind of flows constantly. Yeah. But it's still going through the intestinal tract and can be removed. Um, so if that's the cause of your nausea, then you can fix that easily. But if it's caused by not digesting fats correctly, then you would have to take steps to do that, like by using ox bile, and we're going to talk about that in some of these other questions. Mm -hmm. All right. <clears throat> Rob from Australia. Ed mine yanked about 10 years ago, and for years after I ate anything with high-fat cream, chocolate, or sausages, I almost killed over. Much better today, but still some things are a problem. Do your research before someone charges you money to have something removed which may be unnecessary or fixed with alternative treatments. He lives in Australia, but he's from Yeah, yeah, Great Britain, I tried. I, I think. Can, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> he's an immigrant. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, so, Rob. Yeah, so um, we'll answer your question next time if we can, I can get the accent mm -hmm. right. So For now, we just can't make sense. Yeah, we mm -hmm. can't. We can't understand what, what the question is. No, but... 
Um, so, Will, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, anything that you can't digest, if you consume it, is going to give you problems. It's going to be a burden. Yeah, like if you don't have stomach acid eating protein, it's going to cause these similar kind of issues of uncomfortable digestive symptoms and nausea. So without sufficient bile being secreted onto the fatty foods that he just mentioned, the cream and sausages and and high, whatever other high-fat foods he's eating, all those fats are just going to sit in the digestive tract unemulsified, and they're, they're going to cause problems. They're not going to be able to turn into the nutrients that your body wants to use them for, and instead they're going to be these large particles, some of which enter the bloodstream, and your body doesn't know what to do with them and can have immune system reaction responses to it, and it'll just not go well. They're right, just... it kind of becomes more of a toxin than a nutrient yeah. if it can't be processed correctly. So if people are having this issue where, because um, that's really the, the advice that most people give someone who's lost their gallbladder is don't eat any fats. And the problem is your body needs fats. Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting the fats that your body needs, your body will try to convert other types of foods to fats and then it will also store them to keep them because it's not getting what it needs. So it's like, well, I'm going to be stingy with the fats that are stored um, because I, I have to have these to function. Um, so what we tell people is that you can either avoid fats, which is not the optimal solution, or you can use ox bile supplements to kind of synthesize bile in the system so that you can um, emulsify the fats that you're consuming and then and then all of a sudden your body can use them. And this can be a tricky process. We're going to talk about the very specifics of how to use ox bile when we get into some of those questions. But know that just avoiding fats is not your only option. There are other options that you can do to kind of synthesize digestion a little bit. All righty. Felicia, I have scar tissue and it hurts worse than having my gallbladder did. So... We hear this a lot where I'm still having gallbladder pain, like I'm still getting gallbladder attacks and a lot of times that happens because like we talked about before, the the biliary pathway is blocked mm-hmm. and if it's blocked, it's still going to cause those pains the same way that when the gallbladder was blocked. So we find that if a, a lot of people will take the steps to thin their bile so it can flow better that those phantom pains go away. And it's not that some type of scar can't cause pain, but a lot of times scar tissue is is dead tissue. So there's not a lot of feeling in that unless there's some type of lump of scar that is pushing on something and causing some type of pain to you. Yeah, what, what I mean, it would that? be all like the immediately surrounding area, which mm-hmm. is like the biliary pathway, that whole biliary tree. So that's going to feel kind of similar to the same issues. And like you said, the bile can be sludgy or crystallized in any part of the biliary tree or even in the liver itself. So that whole area can start to feel pain. It doesn't just have to be centralized in the gallbladder. So what are the steps that people can take to thin the bile so that it flows better? And there's a lot, there's a lot of things that can cause bile to become too thick and sticky and not flow well. Things like processed foods, um, if at the cellular level someone is is at too much of a catabolic state, uh, then that can thicken the bile so it doesn't flow well. So, so there's lots of things that can happen that can thicken it up, but what are some things someone can do to make it thinner? Yeah, um, I think our main tool that we usually go to is the product Beadflow, 
or the use of beet greens, whether you like have them directly sauteed or even juiced possibly. But beet flow seems to be a really effective way for people to conveniently thin their bile. And it's just an, primarily the active ingredient is the extract from the greens that grow on beets. It just has this really effective way to make the bile not be sludge anymore. But right. if you ate it, you'd have to eat a whole bunch of it, right? Right. The The beet flow capsules are very concentrated form. So, And if you just wanted to eat beet greens, you would kind of have to eat it like a horse might in order to get enough effectiveness. Um, but, uh, you know, eating the greens isn't going to hurt, certainly. Um, and people can also do like coffee enemas and coffee suppositories, too. That's another option. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's kind of working literally from the other end, right? right? Where it's not necessarily directly... Or maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but my thinking about it was it's not necessarily directly affecting the consistency of the bile so much as it is dilating the pathway through which it flows. Yeah, you might be right. And there is some talk of some of the factors that could thin a little bit, but it is going from the other end. And we find some people's bile is so backed up that they need to use beet flow and a coffee suppository, so they're kind of thinning things from both ends. Yeah, it's really synergistic. Approach. Right. So but it really depends on the person because some people can see improvement just by removing uh, 100% of all processed food all the times and removing all grains, dairy and legumes because those are some things that seem to uh contribute to thickening of the bile for a lot of people. So if somebody wants to be dedicated or doesn't have access to supplements or whatever, that is a step they can take, but as they change their diet, it may not be that fun because if bile's not flowing and you're removing all processed foods and grains, that means you're going to be eating more fats and proteins. And if your digestion isn't working, it'll be harder to process those foods. So we just recommend people using the beet flow because it seems to be the easiest way to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And as you work on improving it, you've also got to remember like, Every bit of fat that you eat requires bile to emulsify it. So it's like if you have like a whole cup of oil on your hands, like it's going to take a lot of soap to like wash right. all that off. So just because you get your bile to start flowing and you see some signs of improvement doesn't mean all of a sudden you can eat all the fat you want. Like you have to have enough bile to match the amount of fat. So a lot of times people need to gradually phase into like a lower carb higher fat, higher protein diet as right. they work on their digestive power. Right. So that's why people tend to like the, to use the supplements that help them cheat a little bit. And we teach how to do this in our free digestion course on kickitinthenuts.com. And, and we tell you where to find all the things you need and how to test your chemistry and see what might be going wrong and stuff like that. But keep in mind that even though for a lot of these questions and a lot of people that are dealing with symptoms – it's very important to get bile to be able to flow properly. Without a gallbladder, even if bile is flowing, it's not enough to have proper digestion. Um, it's not always enough to neutralize the acid coming from the stomach. It's not always enough to emulsify all the fats. You still need to use ox bile in most cases if you've lost your gallbladder because the gallbladder is where all that action was stored. So... Um, though getting bile to flow can be important, it's not usually enough if you've lost your gallbladder. If you still have your gallbladder, then just getting it flowing is a good way to keep your gallbladder if you're having, you know, attacks or 
if someone's told you that you have stones now. Do you want to talk a little bit about stones right now? Or? Yeah. So they're they're literally like crystallized chunks of bile. And it's it's interesting when you look at um, the approach of doing like liver gallbladder flushes and like the goal is to like excrete out as many stones as you can. And when you think about like what are those stones exactly? They're not bad things. They're like they are your bile. It's crystallized. And your body likes to reuse those like 28 times. It'll bring the salts back and through through the circulation of the bile salts. So just getting them to be excreted out isn't necessarily like a great goal. It's better to get those salts to break up and have the bile function correctly. But those stones are usually caused by what we see in hypercholesteremia or in the catabolic imbalance when there's excess bilirubin, which is basically the broken down cell membranes from blood cells. It's the garbage of cells yeah. that needs to be thrown out. Yeah. yeah. So usually in the catabolic state, there's this accelerated turnover of cells. The membranes are uh, piling up in the bile faster than ideal, and it ends up adding all this extra um, stuff to the bile and makes ends up making, it, making the cholesterol levels in it and the cell membrane fractions too high for the bile to be fluid and ends up being more sludgy. Right. And so we, it, a lot of people will use these, you know, gallbladder flush things, but um, a lot of times you're also flushing out the liver. And if that biliary pathway isn't moving, now the liver just dumped all the garbage it had into the system. And now you're overly toxic and they, and maybe the kidneys are called on to help remove some of this filth and you overwhelm your kidneys and can cause kidney problems as well. So we like to see people take the steps just to thin the bile. Um, because if it starts to thin and move, then at least there's movement through the gallbladder and those stones can start to melt down and disintegrate. And, and instead of getting bigger and bigger, they get smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. All right. Matthew, I had mine out in 2009. I couldn't eat without running to the bathroom. Some days I'm still like this and it all depends what I eat. Greasy fatty food, that bathroom better be free. Yeah, a lot of people, they are like... They can't go anywhere without knowing where the bathroom is on the way. You know, they have to have these emergency backup locations that they need to, I need it now. It's not like they can wait till later. It's coming out and it's going in the pants if they're not making it to the bathroom. So it becomes this thing that kind of controls their life and that's not that fun. So... But we do understand why this happens, and like we talked about at the top of the show, it's usually because, uh, you know, the stomach acid can't be neutralized, so it screams through the system. Um, fats can't be emulsified, so they become a burden and, a, and an irritant to the intestinal tract, and the body wants to send them out the back door as fast as possible. If you want to learn how to look at your own chemistry to get a better idea of how your unique body is operating... Sign up for our KIY or Kick It Yourself membership. Not only do you gain access to our four-week digestion course and our 12-week flagship Kick Your Fat course that normally sells for $129, you also get free shipping at naturalreference.com. Restrictions apply, but since the membership is only $9 a month, if you're already using the supplements we teach people how to use in our books and courses, this membership will pay for itself. You'll also have access to a reference system like you've never seen before. You can not only browse our viewpoint about hundreds of health topics in relation to bio-individuality, the system also allows you to search video and audio content. 
You even get access to a members-only private support group where you can get feedback from coaches I've trained and I even show up to do live Q&A videos on a monthly basis. All this for $9 a month. It's ridiculous and we don't care, but we just wanted to create a membership that just about anyone could afford. To see more features and sign up, go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash K-I-Y. That's K-I-Y. We'll see you on the inside. Of course we're going to see him on the inside. What kind of idiot wouldn't sign up for all that for nine bucks? Well, I'm, I'm still recording. Ah, I should probably pay attention a little more. Jimmy, my wife had hers out since 1998, and everything she eat goes right through her, and she has even changed her diet. Lily, I've had mine removed for six years, and I cannot deal with the runs every day. Whether I have a glass of water at 8 a.m. or a greasy meal, I suffer the same. And despite this, I cannot lose any weight. Oh, that would be annoying. Right. Yeah, you, you, you're you loose all day, but you still can't lose That's weight. That's what I used to think all the time. I was like, I'm always having diarrhea. How am I fat? You have diarrhea? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Once or twice. Right, and the reason that is because no nutrients are being absorbed by the body because it's all screaming through too quickly, and then we we crave all this junk and sugar and carbs that just to get some type of immediate form of fuel. So let's ask one more question, and then we'll talk about Lily and and uh, was it David? Jimmy. 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 Michelle from Austin, Texas. Does ox bile help? Yes. So this can be a kind of a complicated thing, and but Ken, I cleared it up, so uh-huh. let's yeah, so yeah, right. <laughs> Moving on. Use yeah. it. Um, so, Will, do you want to talk about just the basics of ox bile, and then we'll kind of look into some of the... Um, That's a horrible name, by the way. They should rename that supplement. Who wants to put ox bile in them? Ugh. Right, because it's that's what it is. It's it's ox bile. It's honest. Ew. It's yes, an honest yes, name. It's honest. Ew, you can stand ugh. by. Um, so that's why we the one that we use is called Bilemotion, Bilemotion from Empirical Labs, and because it comes in a capsule, and some of the ox bile products out there are in a tablet, and when you put it in your mouth, mm. it tastes like ox bile would taste. How do Have you, you know? Eating ox bile? Yes, yeah, <laughs> believe me, I know. I'm from Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. We have cow patty contests, and sometimes when you're throwing them, they <laughs> it breaks, and you know it just happens. Little in your mouth. Yeah. Anyways, ox bile, <laughs> go, Will. So it's a complicated thing to use because you want the first stage of digestion to stay acidic. So you can't just take it with your meal. You have to wait until that food has been properly acidified and passed just as it's starting to go into the duodenum, then you also have to adjust the dosage based on how much acid you're trying to neutralize and how much fat you're trying to emulsify. So it, it takes a bit of practice in learning what the right timing is for you because there's variance in like how long it takes for a meal to leave the stomach, depending on like the meal, depending on the individual and their, their ability acid to make them. acid. Yeah. Right. So there's all sorts of, it's not like a wait one hour. It's like, no, it's you've got to like nuance it and learn like what's right for you with what kind of meal and your chemistry and understanding your own stomach acid. It's a complicated thing to learn to use, but you have a lifetime to do it. If you don't have a gallbladder, you got to right, right. practice. Because that's the thing. A lot of the things, the supplements that we use with digestion are meant to correct a, a malfunction that wasn't working correctly. But once your gallbladder is gone, you basically have to use ox bile forever. It's, it's a situation that... If you're not using it, um, you're not likely digesting your food correctly. And 
here's the, the the variation from person to person who has lost their gallbladder because not everyone who's lost their gallbladder has a loose stool or or gets nauseous a, a lot of people are constipated and and the variation happens from the person's ability to make stomach acid so if people don't have the resources to make very much stomach acid then the acidic product leaving the stomach is not that acidic so maybe the small amount of bile that's kind of flowing through all the time can be enough to neutralize that so that uh, instead of having a loose stool you might end up being more constipated mm -hmm. um, but the people that are not making enough acid usually have other issues like they will get bloated and maybe they even have reflux uh, symptoms from time to time but um, so that variation kind of makes you have to figure out what's right for you when you use it mm -hmm. the ox bile stuff so like Will was saying if the ox bile is alkaline and your stomach acid is acidic if you take the ox bile with your food when the food goes in it's supposed to make it, the stomach's supposed to make HCL and make that food acidic so if you're putting ox bile in at the same time you just neutralize that. You just turned off the ability to acidify and break down that food. So you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So what we tell people to do is is usually to take the ox bile capsules just before they go to bed. Uh, and it should have already been a couple hours since you've eaten. Um, so that the, the food has had time to acidify enough, maybe even move out of the stomach. So then you take the ox bile just before you go out of bed and then through the night, it's moving through the stomach and into the intestinal tract. Um, since it's alkaline and not real acidic, it won't move real fast. Do you want to talk about this things moving the speed of acidity? First? Yeah. So the general rule of thumb is that when the product in the intestinal tract is more acidic, it tends to go faster through the intestinal tract. And the more alkaline it is, the slower but there can be extremes also where if it's too alkaline, there can also be an adverse reaction from the intestinal tract and just expel it. Because right. either one can burn acid or alkaline. Over alkalinity can burn just like acidity. Yeah, and so your body will just like expel it as quick as it can. Right, those cases are more rare, but it still is a possibility you have to understand. So anyways, so as um, this ox bile that you took the night before moves through the system, now it's in the intestinal tract, and the, the thought is that the next morning when you eat your food and your body creates HCL and... Now the product is acidic and it starts moving out of the stomach into the intestinal tract. The hope is that it catches up with that bile, ox bile that you took. And then it has that kind of neutralization that would happen if your bile was being squeezed out of your gallbladder. And it's that opposite polar reaction of the acidic meeting with the alkaline is where it creates this sizzle, kind of like, uh, vinegar and baking soda does and it's that sizzle is what breaks your food apart so that you pull nutrients out of it do you have any thoughts on people using it midday like if they're experiencing diarrhea throughout the day right so so that's the first meal is hopefully that your breakfast is catching up with what you did um that night before then two hours after that meal it's a good idea to take more ox bile and some people may find you know if I'm taking it two or three times a day I get too constipated and too constipated is a sign of too much bile not enough acidity um, and some people may find that if they only take it at night that they get a loose stool because it's too much acidity not enough bile to neutralize it so the way to figure it out is to after breakfast after two hours after the foods had time to move through 
takes more ox bile, but you really want to take it at least 45 minutes before you eat because you want time for it to move through the stomach before you add food in and start, you know, acidifying the stomach again. Do you find that sometimes people need to say they had like decent hydrochloric acid levels initially and then they learn about this and start supplementing with ox bile and that that ox bile is possibly neutralizing some of their hydrochloric acid so then all of a sudden they have subpar HCL levels and they might need to start supplementing with that also? Correct. So there's this thing and, and this is why it can be a little complicated and one thing that you can do is we I made a whole page of videos in our free digestion course that's just for people that lost their gallbladder and and the videos have a visual aspect to them and they kind of show look take it here and then if you need ACL take it here so we're kind of it kind of shows people how to do that but yeah that's true that since the ox bile is so alkaline if you're taking it throughout the day you're reducing the baseline acidity level of your stomach and that's not optimal but since the gallbladder is not there, it's really the only option that you have, unless you can find a used gallbladder at a garage sale or something. I don't know. I don't know who would install Amazon? that. Amazon <laughs> might might do that, but did, I don't know if they do free shipping on the gallbladders for well, Amazon. Anyway, so buy two. Right, <laughs> yeah, you buy two, they get a discount. Um, so. It, when you're doing these steps to improve digestion without a gallbladder, it's never going to be as good as true digestion. But if you take the time to tweak, make adjustments, uh, I'm going to move this to here. I'm going to I'm going to do a little bit more ox bile. I'm going to do a little bit less. I'm going to increase my HCL. All these things. If you take the time to figure out what works for you, then a lot of these symptoms that you're dealing with will improve amazingly. I wonder why they don't do organ donation for gallbladders. Right. What's up with that? I, know. Well, I guess most of the ones that are being yanked are no good. They're kind of they're kind of <laughs> dirty. And they're all evil. worn out. But what yeah. about with from dead people? Well, yeah. yeah that's Does what that's what you're talking like organ about? Organ donation. Why don't right. they give the gallbladders of dead people to yeah. people who need yeah. them? I don't. I don't know if if how that would work. Or I, I'm not going to try it. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we should pitch it though. Well, yeah. Yeah. But in any case, so. So it's the the goal is to take the ox bile on an empty stomach and at least 45 minutes before you eat. And then when you eat your food, if you still feel bloated or have reflux or you're constipated, all, all the symptoms that we see with a lack of HCL, then you may need to supplement with some HCL capsules during the meal to acidify that meal more. And I find that that's usually the balance that works best is for people to use both ox bile and at least a little bit of HCL. But if someone without a gallbladder uses just HCL, they need to know where yeah, the bathroom that's is. That's a problem. Yeah, because it's not going to neutralize that, and um, there's going to be some loose stool issues eventually. Well, if I ever drop acid again, I'm going to do a beet flow flush right. before. Right, because it's the same. That's it's the same. same. Yeah, exactly. All right, from Shane. Alcoa, Tennessee. I had my gallbladder removed in July 2008. I still get severe cramps and diarrhea about 30 minutes after I eat. Doesn't matter what I eat. My doctor said it is excessive bile flow and wants to put me on medication. What should I really do? So this is something that I've been hearing about lately too that, and this is a possibility because what happens is um, when the bile is not concentrated 
in the gallbladder, it still goes through the same pathway. Just when it gets to the gallbladder, it's like, oh, there's no gallbladder, so I'll just keep flowing. And that flowing goes down into the intestinal tract. So if a person has great bile flow, great bile production, and they're flowing a lot, then their loose stool and diarrhea could be like Kenna's old diarrhea. Um, Here we go. <laughs> see, what happened was Kenna used to have diarrhea. I remember mm-hmm. that. Oh, we, we've talked about that before? Yeah. Okay, so, In case you missed it. Right. But it's a rare type of diarrhea that Kenna had. <laughs> it's from a ginger. Right. A rare... But it is rare because usually when someone has a loose stool, it's because they don't have proper bile flow to emulsify the acid. But my bile was too thick. Huh? Right. So Kenna had very poor HCL production and great bile flow. So now, like Will was saying, her intestinal tract was irritated from the over-alkalinity of it and from bile constantly dumping into the intestinal tract. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've ever understood it. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, after See, eight years, We just seven, needed to talk years. about your diarrhea yeah. 140 Maybe times. someday yeah, I'll really. get the gym down too with the sets. Yeah, yeah that's a whole different thing. That's fun. <laughs> um, okay, so... <laughs> um, uh, but so it is possible for someone to have a loose stool issue from over overly bile situations, but it's becoming popular now since now that there's a drug that kind of turns off bile production. So now a lot of doctors are going to this drug when people have loose stool issues without a gallbladder. And it's it's a problem because now you don't have an exit strategy for any filth or any junk and you don't have any bile to emulsify any of the fats that you're eating crazy drug right so if you do have excessive bile flow it's usually because you don't have enough acid so now everything is overly alkaline so if you usually add more hcl that will balance out and you won't have the loose stool situations anymore Mm -hmm. i'm going to change my stage name to bali mackinroe do you do you want to say anything about like the the recirculation of bile salts and like damaged intestinal villa. I don't, but you do. I yeah. I mean, because we've been we've been talking a lot about not on the show, but you know when I call you late at night and just want to mm-hmm. talk uh-huh. pillow talk <laughs> <laughs> about damage to the intestinal villa and different foods that can do that, like weird toxins and pesticides and things like that. And, yeah, when we've all been laying in bed, this right, conversation yes, several times. Right, yeah. But um, the bile salts <laughs> need to be recirculated, and there's different things that can mess that up, like if the intestinal villa are damaged, which can happen from a lot of different things. And that can cause uh, diarrhea also, because those bile salts are not being properly recirculated. And it leaves too much alkalinity in the intestinal tract, so it'll trigger that peristalsis reaction. So there's different foods that can occur to the individual as irritants, and I think we might get into that when we talk. We might do an, an episode on the autoimmune protocol someday. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a cool thing, or celiacs. Right, that'll be, that'll be good. Be big we'll one. We talk about this a lot in Chapter 9 in Kick Your Fat in the Nuts, too, if you had that book. You can right check on. that out. Um, but, you know, think about that a lot of people that have lost their gallbladder, their symptoms change as they progress because, you know, a lot of those, if if a person doesn't have any bile to neutralize that acid and the acid's moving through the intestinal tract every day, you're frying up some of those things that need to, mm-hmm. those villa that need to function yeah. correctly. Um, and one thing that happens is a person can lose move from being 
uh, loose stool to constipated because what would happen if if a person doesn't have bile flow and the you can't get that sizzle of acid meeting alkaline um, then you can't pull the minerals out of your food and without enough minerals your body can't make stomach acid so as your stomach acid production diminishes your loose stool may improve and you might end up at the point where you get more constipated because you're making such a small amount of HCL now and new symptoms can come up like constipation and uh, you know bloating and acid reflux and all those things that go along with low stomach acid so you have to kind of understand how your digestion is evolving through malfunctions to understand that how it can change from one to another. All right, Ashley, I still have stomach aches, constantly have acid reflux, recently started getting heartburn really bad. So there it is. There There's it is. one that happened. Exactly. She yeah. was not heavy. That was a weird psychic question. Or I've... I've or you yeah, read yeah, a yeah, head, yeah, cheater. Right. Yeah, right. All right, Rebecca. Oh. Wait, simmer down, Rebecca. Oh, okay. Um, you'll get your turn. Maybe not on this show. We might have to make this a two-parter. I think we probably will. But let's talk a little bit about reflux. And if, if this is an issue for you, you probably will want to listen to our um, Understanding Acid Reflux, Heartburn, and GERD episode because we talk about it a lot and explain a lot of variations. But do you want to just touch on it for a second, Will? So... Uh, to to carry on with what we were just talking about, how a reduction in mineral intake or your, your body having access to minerals can reduce stomach acid production and how that can lead to heartburn and reflux. Sure. So when you don't get minerals out of your food, you tend to run short on all your electrolytes in general, including chloride, which is the key component that your body uses to make hydrochloric acid. So then your stomach acid levels start to diminish as your body just tries to put electrolytes in the bloodstream to keep you alive. And that starts to allow bacteria to exist in your stomach. And Because the acid is what was killing all the little yes. bastards that come in and want to set up camp and have a party. Yeah, the majority of different bacteria that tend to take root in the stomach can't survive when the pH is below 4 or 4.5. 3, yeah, 3.5, something yeah. like that. So, but the stomach acid levels should keep the stomach at a pH around 1 or 2 sufficient to break down protein and kill all the bacteria. But when you don't have that stomach acid present to maintain that low pH, then bacteria can take root and multiply and they will ferment your food when you you consume something like sugar or whatever, any kind of like nutrient, but especially carbs, they'll ferment that and they create off gases just like yeast creates bubbles in beer and that creates air pressure. And that can push the valves of the stomach to slip open from the pressure, and that creates a regurgitation of the contents of the stomach, which is technically acidic, so you feel acid reflux, which is then confusing to people because they think, oh, I have too much acid because it's right, coming up. that's what we're stomach. told. We're told that if you just turn off that acid, you don't have reflux yeah, anymore. You don't have the burning pain of the reflux anymore, and you do neutralize the content of the stomach completely with like Tums or something like that. So you don't feel the burning, but the reality of it is if you take that route, you just turn off digestion entirely and you don't kill any of the bacteria or digest your food. But if you had enough acid, then it would kill the bacteria so you wouldn't get the off-gassing and the air pressure. And the acid levels would also trigger the valves of the stomach to seal shut and tight like a furnace so that it wouldn't slip open at all and you don't regurgitate anything. If you have sufficient hydrochloric acid levels, your stomach is sort of just like rock solid. There's no, 
Yeah, yeah that valve closes. That yeah. the valve doesn't. The valve stays open so that food can come in. But when food comes in and the stomach starts to make acid, when the acid reaches a certain level, that triggers that valve to close so that it doesn't come back up. But the problem is that if you only have a little bit of acid, it doesn't trigger the valve. So now when that food comes up, it burns and it sucks and that's no fun. Yeah. So um, instead of turning off your acid, we teach people that they can uh, supplement with hydrochloric acid to increase their acidity level uh, so that um, it will trigger that valve to close and you don't get reflux. The thing is, if you don't have a gallbladder, you won't be able to neutralize that added amount of acid and your stool is going to be real loose in a big hurry. So that's when you have to use ox bile to neutralize that acid and you have to figure out what works for you. So that's a problem when someone without a gallbladder has a loose stool and acid reflux because they need to increase their acid to turn off that reflux, but they can't because they don't have enough bile to neutralize it and they're going to have that loose stool issue. So you kind of have to fix the loose stool issue first using ox bile and then you can start to improve the acid production to get rid of the reflux. Cool. So let's see. I, I let's. I think we're gonna have to t- pick this up next week. But really, <laughs> we're just gonna sit here and wait five minutes, right? And then we'll start next week. Uh-huh. But you won't listen to it until next week mm-hmm. because so many people had a lot of questions, and we we have, we have a lot left. Wow. Yeah. So let's talk about this more. Um, so we'll pick it up next week, and if we didn't get to your question yet, simmer down. We'll we'll cover it next week, and we're gonna get into more of the things that. Uh, that you can do to improve some of these symptoms that you're dealing with. All right. Because we're fancy now, today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And if you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the free four-week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com. And if you heard something that you liked, go to iTunes and leave us a review because that helps us spread the word. Yep. See you in five minutes. All right. Later.